Today I have a guest in my studio. Your name is Paul Sanderson, and um, we shall talk together about your work as a doctor. And you are a specialist on a very um, a sickness that many of us have heard about in the Bible, uh, leprosy. We shall talk more about that. But uh, let's start with the beginning. Uh, tell us about your childhood in England. Yes, well, I had a very happy childhood in uh, a village in south of Cambridge. Uh, my father was a, a farmer and merchant, and uh, we were very uh, involved in our uh, local church, a brethren assembly. Um, so it was really a very happy and peaceful childhood. When you became a student, you decided to go for medicine and you want to be a doctor. Why? Yeah, I think actually that decision came quite late. I was at school and I was very much... I always used to think I would go into my father's business, but then that didn't seem to be uh, particularly the right way. And I was very... Uh, I was very good at science at school, uh, not in no, no good in languages, <laughs> and uh, so I was. As I came to think of university, I also wanted to. I felt that I should live a life more of service, and I was interested more in serving in a compassionate uh, sort of profession. So then medicine seemed a feasible option for me. So I was very fortunate to be able to get into medical school and qualify as a doctor. And then you at last end up in Africa. Tell us about that journey in your life. Yes, although that was also, I think one of the attractions of medicine was that there are many different directions you can go in. So you didn't have to decide right at the beginning what you were going to be and I started off doing uh, pediatrics and I did some obstetrics because I thought I may one day end up overseas somewhere and it's useful to know some obstetrics. Um, so I did uh, a few years of pediatrics in Britain but I think I uh, on the one hand, I realized I didn't want to particularly join the rat race of uh, and become a, uh, a high-powered doctor in Britain. And I also, uh, through different connections, uh, joined the group Operation Mobilization for a year. I went as the doctor on the ship, the Doulos, and that really opened my eyes to what other possibilities there may be. Why did you end up in uh, other countries than England? Well, I think the uh, a big help was to, as I mentioned, to go on this uh, Operation Mobilization ship, the Doulos, for a, a year, which was in South America. So Northeast Brazil was the first place I had been to uh, as a doctor uh, that that is a poor part of the world, and I was quite shocked at the conditions and how most of the local doctors. I met a lot of medical students and doctors, and they all wanted to go to America and Europe and 
they were not that interested in the problems uh, really that that were there in that community so I I think that made me think that there was a lot of there was a lot to be done in public health in poor parts of the world that for the rest of the world remained unimportant and, and to me that became a more important interest so I think uh, that probably helped me to be more interested in public health because there were so many preventable diseases there were people children lying in the hospital there with polio and tetanus and <laughs> diphtheria which are all easily preventable so I that was a start of an interest more in in public health but uh, I had some connections with Tear Fund uh, in Britain uh, the Evangelical Alliance Relief Fund uh, so I talked to them about working abroad and they uh, asked me to go to Uganda to work in a uh, mission hospital a remote mission hospital in Uganda which it so I went in 1981 so I think uh, things were ve really very basic uh, at that stage in the 40 years since everything has developed a lot and it's now almost the university <laughs> that hospital but then it was uh, two doctors under a tree <laughs> so it was uh, a big change but that was I found very fulfilling uh, working there you have taken a choice to become a specialist in leprosy that is a disease that um, most of us think it's only you read about it in the Bible and you have maybe see it on a museum or something, but it's still a disease that people around the world uh, suffer of. Yes, yeah, so when I went to Uganda in 1981, uh, this small mission hospital was actually a refer... It was in a center of an area where there was a lot of leprosy and it was the main center where people... Uh, came for treatment so I was asked to go on a, and do some extra training so that I could properly manage the disease because it's quite a complex disease um, so I did that and then uh, really never looked back so it became uh, an interest and I continued to work in leprosy for the rest of my career and uh, we uh, people often ask about leprosy in the bible and i think that the the term is really a more general term we were talking before about your term your old term for cancer um tiding tiding uh which is a rather general term just means wasting away or uh general disease and i think that we should think of leprosy in the bible in a sim as in a similar way that it means an unpleasant and uh, stigmatizing disease and so the laws from the Old Testament uh, meant that people were uh, cast out and regarded as unclean but I don't think it's very closely linked to the specific disease that we know today as leprosy so there's a bit of confusion over the terminology but I think the Bible is its a much more general term.
and I was reminded of in Uganda in the 80s that was a, the epicenter of the AIDS epidemic and the the common term in Uganda for AIDS was slim uh, because people just lost a lot of weight and uh, so I think these descriptive terms are more what the term in the Bible is about not this not really the same disease or it may have included people with leprosy but it included a lot of other people as well I think can you describe for us how um, leprosy is for the people who get ill of it today how is the sickness in our modern time we are starting to say that it is more of a neurological disease than a skin disease so it has skin manifestations so there are some signs but many diseases have uh, 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 effects on the skin as a byproduct but the important thing about leprosy is that it affects the peripheral nerves especially in the arms and legs and the eyes and that is what causes all the disability and which is in turn leads to the stigma and ostracism of people with leprosy so uh, one of the important points of teaching when I do a lot of teaching of people about leprosy and it, the important thing for the medical staff looking after uh, people with leprosy is to watch the effects on the nerves because that can often be treated and improved so if you're aware of the nerve damage that can be uh, managed in a better way and the skin takes care of itself really if you give the treatment did we have this disease in Norway and Europe today is there people who have leprosy in our country in all of Europe there are cases in amongst migrants so you could have somebody uh, coming from India or uh, a similar country uh, working in Norway and they may develop leprosy or it may be somebody just visiting so there certainly have been recent cases in Norway and there are usually uh, 20 or 30 cases in Britain each year amongst the migrant population uh, so I don't think it's it's not a problem because they don't transmit the disease to anyone else it's the, it's not very transmissible and so it's not a problem but it, uh, we are trying to help European countries to put in place the mechanisms to diagnose and treat leprosy because it's very treatable uh, but often they are neglected and uh, take a long time to be diagnosed uh, did you treat it with medicine yes it's very treatable it's a bacterial infection so antibiotics work very effectively um, and but you need different treatment for the nerve damage so there are uh, that is much more complex and that that brings the complexity of leprosy to the front the the whole nerve damage um, but there are one of the difficulties is that the it's a very slow growing bacterium and so it takes a long you need to take antibiotics for a long time at present a year but uh, it's very susceptible to treatment if if people are given the treatment and many of the we may go on to talk about other 
what we call neglected tropical diseases because the uh, many pharmaceutical companies are donating the drugs for these diseases because they're not very they're not too many in number so it's not a big cost but uh, so for example Novartis donates all the antibiotic treatment for leprosy for the whole world so that it's free to everybody uh, it's just a matter of making the diagnosis and uh, prescribing the treatment. Before we talk more to you Paul Sanderson uh, we have to listen to The Man in Black. You want me to play The Man in Black of Johnny Cash, why? Well I think a lot of music is uh, for fun and for enjoyment but I think he was somebody and he was somebody who uh, became wealthy and famous but he remembered that not everybody is so fortunate and uh, that to me that song uh, brings to mind the people whom we need to think about and consider. Well you wonder why I always dress in black Why you never see bright colors on my back And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone Well there's a reason for the things that I have on I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down Living in the hopeless hungry side of town I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime But is there because he's a victim of the time I wear the black for those who've never read Or listened to the words that Jesus said About the road to happiness through love and charity Why you think he's talking straight to you and me Our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes But just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back Up front there ought to be a man in black I wear it for the sick and lonely old For the reckless ones whose bad trip left them cold I wear the black in mourning for the lives that could have been Each week we lose a hundred fine young men And I wear it for the thousands who have died Believing that the Lord was on their side I wear it for another hundred thousand who have died Make a few things right You'll never see me wear a suit of white Oh, I'd love to wear a rainbow every day And tell the world that everything's okay But I'll try to carry off a little darkness on my back Till things are brighter I'm the man in black 
Today I have Paul Sanderson as my guest in my studio. You have uh, traveled all around the world as a doctor and uh, treated uh, leprosy and other diseases. You have grown up in England and um, lived in several countries and still you are here in my studio in Olesund. Uh, why? <laughs> Met uh, my wife in Ethiopia, Anna Marad, and so we got married in 1995. And uh, after various movements, we decided to come back and live near her family uh, here in Olesund. So I was probably a bit optimistic in thinking I would learn Norwegian, but I, I'm not a good language student, so I have not done very well on language. And now you are building your new house in Sjöholt. Yes, yeah, that's... We need to downsize and get a... I'm getting elderly, so I don't, we need a house on one level, so that's the the move. Can you tell us more about your life as a doctor and your um, work around in the world? Yes, well, so I worked for 10 years in Uganda, which was very uh, fulfilling and enjoyable. Uh, Uganda is a beautiful country with beautiful people. Then I uh, lived in Ethiopia for six years at a center where we did a lot of training for people uh, from all over Africa, especially. That's where I met Anna Marid. Uh, and then we moved uh, at the end of that contract. Uh, I was invited to join American Leprosy Missions as their medical director. So we moved to uh, South Carolina for uh, a while. And that job came with a lot of responsibilities around the world to visit projects all over the world and so uh, that was a, a new phase uh, when I started to travel it was a bit unusual because I or strange I'd spent 20 years not moving very much and then as soon as I got married I got a job that involved a lot of travel so uh, but uh, many of the <coughs> excuse me, many of the projects were very interesting and I learned a lot and in particular about uh, both the public health and we worked a lot with different churches and Christian groups uh, to try to help them in the medical work they were supporting. Um, so that was also very formative. Well, I'm always interested to help wherever I can if, if there are other diseases coming up. But we have this group of diseases called neglected tropical diseases, which in the last 10 years or so have become uh, thought of as a group because they're individually quite rare. Um, but a lot of them cause similar disability to leprosy. So diseases like lymphatic filariasis, and another disease that I'm starting to be more involved in is uh, cutaneous leishmaniasis, <laughs> which is an important disease. It doesn't kill people, a bit like leprosy, so is very neglected. Many philanthropists are interested in, avoid, in preventing death. So the diseases that don't kill 
they tend to think are unimportant, but actually they are very devastating to many people who who have them. So leprosy and cutaneous leishmaniasis are quite similar in causing disfigurement and stigma. And so these are things that uh, are worth trying to uh, tackle. Cutaneous leishmaniasis is more tricky because the treatment is not very good. So it's, uh, it's a struggle to manage that disease. But there's uh, a lot of interest and effort now to try to improve that. You have, uh, as we have speak about it, travel around the world uh, a lot. And um, when you live in uh, Norway, a very rich country, and travel to um, India or other countries uh, where people not have so much money ma maybe, uh, is it difficult for you to come from Norway to a poor country and then go back and live in Norway again? Well, it is unusual how often uh, people that you think of as being in a hopeless position are actually full of joy and more than we expect and there's a lot of community support in many cases but still there are many people who are abandoned and uh, in a way discarded so there are certainly people who live in a hopeless situation but uh, I think it's that is one of the ways in which uh, church groups and, and Christian people uh, can uh, show the love of Christ to, to people and I think we see that quite often uh, for example in in Uganda there was when I first went there was a, a remaining group of about a dozen people who'd had leprosy a long time previously and they were very disabled completely blind and just uh, but they were being looked after by the church so the church provided uh, their food and dressings and so on and looked after them when often other people wouldn't so uh, that occurs uh, all over the world, really, uh, and that's encouraging to see. Before we talk more about your life, Paul Sanderson, we are going to listen to another song you have uh, chosen for us, uh, Blessed Be Your Name by Red Matt Redman. Why did you choose that song? Well, I think we should... Uh, I feel that uh, I have been very blessed in every aspect of my life uh, and so there's a lot to give thanks for uh, but even uh, many people who who have endured much more suffering and uh, hardship than I have uh, still uh, can live a life of praise and be thankful to God and that that song uh, does emphasize that for both good or bad uh, we can bless God's name. Blessed be your name in the land 
after all these years of working as a doctor what is your inspiration and what um, make that you want to keep on well i think i uh, learned fairly early on that just as i'm not very good with language i'm not a good preacher <laughs> i don't uh, particularly understand the way to people's hearts so to speak but i think uh so for me uh showing compassion uh, as a Christian is important and uh, that so that has been a motivation for me I think so whatever uh, whatever I can do to help even if it's without much in the way of words uh, can be uh, can be a help to people my guest in my studio today is Paul Sanderson. You are a doctor and a specialist on uh, leprosy and um, other um, diseases. And um, you have traveled all over the world and we have talked a little bit about that. Did you sometime uh, lose hope, get hopeless? Well, I would say to some extent you are surprised by many countries how they are not that far behind Norway. <laughs> so for example, uh, we have just got an electric car and we all think Norway is well ahead of everywhere. But everywhere you go in the world, there are just as, almost as many electric cars in the Middle East, in India, not, not there are some in India. Uh, there are plenty of developments that are similar. And, uh, Many aspects of life are uh, really progressing well in a country like India. India is developing very rapidly and uh, I think we want to assist in making sure that uh, healthcare, or in my case particularly healthcare, reaches to everyone and so that is a goal of many people in in the health professions uh, especially Christians to have more access to uh, health care or oh, it's a WHO goal what they call universal health coverage so uh, Norway and some other countries have done very well in that respect but other countries are coming along and they uh, are less wealthy but there's a lot of effort to make uh, healthcare more equal and more accessible to people. Paul Sanderson, you have um, passed uh, over 70 years old and you tell us you're building a new host on Sjöholt because you want a more simple life. Uh, <coughs> are you still traveling all over the world as a doctor? Yeah, I... I uh well, when if I'm asked, I have been uh, the last year. I've been quite a few. I've been to both India and Pakistan and uh, several other countries. So um, I think people look after me when I'm traveling at my age. <laughs> the countries that I go to, uh, other than so Uganda and Ethiopia, are the two that I've lived in and so worked for a long time, but and where I go anywhere else it is usually as the guest of uh, local people so it may be WHO it may be different 
churches or different organizations so they they look after me and uh, more so now that I'm <laughs> over 70 <laughs> so the last visit I went to India I was evaluating a number of projects run by a, a an NGO so we visited for a day or two some were hospitals uh, I it, I always enjoy seeing patients. So if they have a patient that they want some advice on, I can, uh, I'm happy to do that. But mostly it's about the, uh, how their program is organized and what, what they might uh, develop in the future or what additional uh, services they should look at providing. Leprosy is actually changing. It is getting less common. So people are uh, talking about how the services should develop. And so, for example, in Pakistan, my, that was my last visit in December, we are talking about how to move the leprosy services to cover a lot of other skin diseases especially. So this is cutaneous leishmaniasis and scabies is also very common. So can we use the same infrastructure to treat these other diseases? So uh, I can give my pennyworth <laughs> of <laughs> opinion about how that can be developed. And uh, so that hopefully can help with the developing the services uh, to meet uh, the new needs that there are. When you was a little boy, you have a wish you want to grow up and be a person who could help other people with your life. Do you feel that you have um, done that? Well, I think it is very difficult to uh, <laughs> uh, claim big achievements. I I think I have done made a contribution uh, towards especially the I would say managing the some of the medical problems that lead to stigma and people being ostracized um, but I could say that uh, it's been very interesting to see the development of uh, in particular Christian work uh, with these neglected diseases and so everything started around 150 years ago uh, when there was very much a charitable approach there was nothing anybody could do but you could try to look after the people who were suffering then say uh, 70, 70 years ago basically we had a more medical approach you could start treating and deal with the medical problems cure people and even help them deal with the mental stress of of stigma and so on uh, but probably now we are going to what you might call well in secular terms a human rights approach but helping people to be uh, more independent themselves so that um, for example in India what is um, 
very interesting is that the government has uh, provided pensions and welfare for people with disability. So a lot of the Christian groups have uh, helping people who have leprosy to access what is actually their right. So people have a right to uh, a pension um, and so it's as much it's as helpful to people to be uh, empowered to seek their uh, their due uh, from the government and many many of those also as believers uh, feel strengthened in their faith because they they can actually stand up and say what has uh, talk about what uh, has helped them uh, not only through their faith but also in their uh, actual living circumstances. Thank you so much, Paul Sanderson, for coming here in studio to Radio Sundmøre and tell us about your life. And um, at last, we are going to hear an old hymn that you grown up with, Fill Thou My God My Life With Thee. And um, why do you want to hear that song? Uh, uh, well, I grew up with a lot of hymns, um, which, again, sadly, we don't <laughs> sing so much nowadays. But that has a sentiment that uh, I would like to see my life as one that uh, is of, uh, praising God, uh, and in every part, everything that I do uh, is part of thanks uh, and worship to God for what uh, He has meant to me.